Hello, this is Joe with Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! Do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show where we talk about all things that are important to the world of barbecue and grilling, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. No matter what Andrew Eshbaugh says, Cleveland is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. If you're unfamiliar with me, I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. If you want to jump in on the show this evening, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, said BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening coming up in about 13 minutes from now. It is the first Tuesday of yet another new month, 2021, rapidly coming to a close. And that means we are visited by Malcolm Reed from How to Barbecue Right. And we'll catch up with Malcolm, see what's changed in the last four weeks. We'll also talk about his jaunt down to Jamaica. I want to know why Malcolm prefers Jamaica. I have a long-standing edict here on this show to not... Andrew, you are not the Not leave the country, so I want to live Jamaica through... Malcolm's eyes, because that's the only way in hell I will be going to Jamaica, but maybe I will be inspired to at least put it in the potential category. We'll see about that. Also, updates on Malcolm's barbecue shop that he has out there in Hernando and other things going on as well. I think there's uh, some kind of promotional event that might be coming up here in the next handful of days that we can talk about. So plenty to catch up with. As it relates to Malcolm Reed over at How to Barbecue Right, at 35 past 9 o'clock, we will be joined once again by a friend of the show and longtime grill reviewer for AmazingRibs.com, affectionately known as the Keeper of the Flame, Max Good. Max will be giving us the final reviews of the Spark Grill that was all the rage here about a month ago. We had the CEO of the company on. We talked to him about it and got his pitch and then... We had asked some other live fire experts about their opinions. Meathead talked about it during some of his time in February when we also talked about how they go about reviewing items and what happens if they get a bad review. How was that relayed back to the manufacturer and steps that can be taken, all that fun stuff. 
So Max Good, 35 pass. That takes care of the first hour, and then we move to the second hour. Not only is Malcolm joining us as the normal first Tuesday of the month regular guest in the first hour, we have a second hour regular guest as well. You would know him as Sam the Cooking Guy. Thecookingguy.com's website and quite a pro. I mean, between Malcolm and Sam, there's damn near 4 million YouTube subscribers between them. Malcolm, well over a million. Sam at 2.6, I think, at last count. So both of them are eclipsing online celebrity status at breakneck speeds. And I'm happy to have them both be a part of this show the first Tuesday of every month. And we'll talk to Sam about pellet cooking a little bit. We'll talk to him about maintenance. We'll talk to him about technology on grills. I think it would be an interesting perspective. Certainly a lot of the folks that we know have opinions on this kind of stuff. But as someone I've long said now, as I have been a fan of Sam's for 10 years watching his videos, and more and more in the last six, seven years when they transitioned out of the live cast and into this three times a week produced cooking videos that I had to break the news to Sam at one point saying, hey, by the way, I don't know if you knew it or not, but you have a live fire cooking show all the time on that Evo cooker flat top, all the time on the grill and on the Traeger and on that Kamado style cooker that he's got. He's a live fire cooking show. He didn't know it. So would love to get his take on all the technology that's showing up on grills now and what's needed and what might not be needed and when are we get off the lawn guy versus kids coming up did i just say kids damn i'm getting old newcomers getting into the industry that might feel that this is just items that inherently should be on cookers nowadays it's different than it was 15 and 20 years ago when i got into this whole deal so that's your lineup for tonight. Malcolm Reed coming up in just a few minutes. Malcolm uh, Max Good after that. And second hour, Sam the Cooking Guy, 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com if you want to jump in. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat. Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show for video feeds. Also video feed, YouTube.com slash RDRempy. First and foremost, we want to give a shout-out to a very loyal Centralite. You would know him in the chat rooms as Guy the Cooking Sam. We want to wish him well as he is currently in the throes of a COVID infection. And uh, he's having some respiratory issues. He's feeling different every day, not necessarily in a positive way. And he has lost taste. I can tell you, as somebody who had a COVID sufferer in my house, namely my middle daughter, Maddie, many months removed at this point, her taste has not. Andrew, you are not the I hate to say it, guy, but her taste has not come back yet. And I forget every day And when we have some kind of food and I say, hey, Maddie, how was that? She's like, how would I know? Right. You don't have any taste. Why am I feeding you anything other than bread and cheese? It's the same. You can't taste anything. You could put a little bit more money in the bank, not eat the same food if you can't taste. Nevertheless, we wish Guy the Cooking Sam well and a speedy recovery, whatever that looks like. Some listener feedback from Christian. Just wanted to drop my quick comment on last week's spot. Derek says, 
I worry about the future of barbecue in reference to technology making it so easy. Derek also said, and I quote, I set up my big green egg at 8 a.m., didn't have to do anything with it till about 5 p.m. In other words, Derek Riches yells at clouds and tell kids to get off his lawn. Thank you, Christian. Mike writes in, Greg, what is going on with Derek Riches recently? He has always been a great writer, but his last two segments have been great live on the show. He's really found a personality on your show. He should thank you for bringing him out of his shell. Yes, Mike, I'm sure I will reach out to him right after the show and beg for his thank yous as I evolve Eric in, uh, <laughs> Derek into a gregarious interview. Eric writes into the show, Greg, I was listening to the podcast the other day, and I was very interested in the grill cleaner business segment you had on recently. I've looked into owning some kind of business, but the cost to enter way, way too high for me in most things I've already looked into. However, 35000 does seem to be on the low side for the grill cleaner business. If I pull the trigger, I will be happy to be your test subject on the show. Eric, thank you. I hope that if you do pull that trigger, you text me or email me, hit me up on the de- slide into the DMs, whatever they're saying these days, and let me know that you have signed the paperwork and you're ready to roll because I want to get a quarterly recurring visit with you for sure and see how that grill cleaner business. So let me know about that, Eric. Finally, Chuck writes in, Greg, I'm a huge fan of the embedded correspondence segment each month, but I have to disagree with your longest-running correspondent when it comes to the Mo Kason reaction. It is more than evident that Doug has a hard-on for Darren Worth and his competition accomplishments. Good for Doug in holding those in such high regard. However, winning that much proves zero when it comes to making food for the masses. It shouldn't matter to you how many competition wins or titles he has. Some of the best barbecue restaurants in the country and Texas are owned by folks who haven't done or won anything on the competition scene. Doug, why don't you and Darren go get a room already? <sighs> wow, Chuck. I mean, I think Doug is entitled to his opinion. I tend to agree more with you, Chuck, that being successful in one arena or the other doesn't translate to instant success in the other arena and if Doug and Darren want to be out in the open I'm good with that too whatever or if they want to get a room as Chuck said thank you for writing in Malcolm Reed is in the green room we'll get to him here in just one second I'll talk to you quickly about Pits and Spits since 1983 handcrafting smokers and grills in Houston, Texas in that time Establishing itself as one of the premier brands and high-quality offset smokers and more recently pellet cookers, Pits and Spit sets itself apart by using heavy 7- and 10-gauge steel in every cooker, fully welded construction that you can feel when you use the unit in the 304 stainless roll-top lid on the front shelf of every single smoker. So why does that matter? Well, by using higher-quality material, Pits and Spit smokers reach and maintain temperatures, allowing you to worry more about the meat than the heat. And by providing fully welded smoker, you don't have to worry about grease smoking out of the barrel, that grill rattling apart as you move it through the backyard. And by using 304 stainless, you're getting an heirloom quality product that you'll be able to pass down to your kids. 
Now, where some companies are focusing on being the low-cost provider, Pits and Spits focuses on craftsmanship and quality materials. Are there cheaper ways to manufacture our products? Sure. But Pits and Spits not down with tack welds or cheap stainless or electronics that you can't trust. Having in-house manufacturing gives them complete control of their design and standards, not something you find with stuff brought in from overseas. Their steel suppliers supply materials to be used in some of the harshest environments around, so you know they're going to perform in any and all conditions. And their controllers are made here right in the States, so they have unimpeded transparency into the program. Pits and Spits has a dealer network across the country. We know this, but if there isn't one close to you, you can call Coy in the shop and tell him I sent you. 844-650-6250. That's 844-650-6250. Whether you're a backyard grill master or a competition cooking team, Pits and Spits has a product that's right for you. You can check them out online at pitsandspits.com, all spelled out. Or see their pits in the wild across social media with their handle at pits and spits. Sorry for laughing. That email from Chuck got me going. Pits and spits, serious. My laughing, completely unprofessional. By the way, in a related and unrelated note, Ryan Zabril will be joining us in a few short weeks from Pits and Spits as well to get us on topic of or get us on top of what's going on in Houston with Pits and Spits. Malcolm Reed is ready to rock. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology, sellers of ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit bbqguru.com for more information or give them a call at 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Soon we will have Bob Trudnack on the show as well. He's got new sauces ready to hit the market. So always looking forward to catching up with Bob as it fits into his schedule. As I had mentioned a few minutes ago, it is the first Tuesday of the final month of Q1. If you can believe it, here we go. We welcome back the pitmaster of Killer Hogs competition team and the co-founder of Hotter Barbecue Ride, Malcolm Reed. Hey, Malcolm. What's happening, Greg? And I am ready to rock and roll. If you can believe, we are just almost a year removed of what started the most bizarre 12 months in my lifetime. I would imagine your lifetime, although I don't know how you guys get down there in Hernando, but this has been quite a a awakening of sorts. As you look back, Malcolm, I know we didn't really have this on a topic, but just wanted your off-the-cuff thoughts. As you look back through this last year, what was the thing that sucked the most, in your opinion, and what was the best thing that you took out of it? Well, all the big contests canceling. <laughs> that sucked for me, man. Yeah. You know, we didn't get together. We didn't did Memphis in May. They didn't have the Houston Livestock Show. They didn't have the Jack Daniels. I mean, the, the Royal. I mean, you think about, you know, from a competition standpoint, that's huge for, for guys like me that, that love to get out there and hang out with their buddies and cook barbecue. Um, I guess the best thing I took away from it was getting to spend some quality time with Rochelle and Michael. <laughs> Do you realize that maybe there to- wasn't a lot? I mean, 
but this is going to sound uh, completely off base and I don't mean anything by it, but like, did you realize as you're able to spend this time forced or otherwise that uh, there's a new appreciation for being around them? Oh, most definitely. You know, who I appreciate the most is teachers, man. They have the hardest job in the world. I had one kid that we tried to, that we had to try to help distance learn. Man, I couldn't imagine having thirty. And and you know, then they some of, half the year it was like in school, and you know, some of them had the choice to distance learn too. So they're basically teaching two different lesson plans to groups of kids. I can't. I mean, I can't thank our teachers enough. Yeah, I think you know. For me, I, one of the, the the suckiest things was realizing that eating out was way more taken for granted than I thought it was. Not that we eat out a whole lot, but there is a small handful of restaurants around here in the greater Cleveland area that uh, we like to go to either as a family or there's a couple that just my wife and I like to retreat out to to get away from everybody. And when they closed down, it was kind of a kick in the face, to say the least. They were places we like to go to unwind and catch up and all that. Uh, Positive side for me, everybody in the family had to... uh, hone the cooking skills uh, even more so uh, aside from the family time i think every, and that was everybody you know straight down the line me my wife my oldest the middle the youngest all taking part and wanting to learn to be a better cook whether it be outside or uh, just inside around the stove and stuff so that was a, a big takeaway from me i've mentioned it plenty of times before i might be the number one fan of the hotter barbecue right audio podcast that is you know released every week i love to listen to it Mondays when I'm getting my early morning run in and there were a couple weeks that passed and uh, as I was looking for and I was like oh shit okay one week I'll let it go second week I'm like well Malcolm must be dead something's going on immediately go (laughs) worst case scenario so I drop you a note and you're like yeah man we were just on vacation we're starting to roll back again so you head down to Jamaica as I had mentioned in the open Uh, not your first time down there so what is Jamaica like and why would you go back there again and again? So Rochelle and I went uh, 12 years ago for our honeymoon. We went to Negril, Jamaica, and we loved it. We fell in love with the people down there, the food. That's where I, you know, I, I first started really getting into jerk type recipes and different, you know, different meats and seafood that you could do with jerk. And then of course the rum. I mean, they've got the best rum in the world. So, and the weather's not bad either. You know, it's like a smooth 86 year round, 78 at night. You know, there's not much variance. It's it's beautiful, man. It's paradise. Aside from the jerk stuff, I think when you, from a culinary in, uh, standpoint, when you think of Jamaica, you immediately go to the jerk. But how other, in other ways, has Jamaica influenced some of your flavor profiles that you bring back when you're looking to cook that style of food? Well, a lot of it's just the fresh ingredients they use. They grow a lot of produce there on the island. And so their tomatoes, their cucumbers, all of their vegetables and their fruit, I mean, it just has, it tastes like the sunshine. You know, it's it's different than what we get in our supermarkets. And the way they use those fresh ingredients, I mean, you know, on, in all their cooking across the board, it's just, it's amazing. And they take something so simple. It's, it's the, you know, one of the easiest foods to cook. It's just, they're using what they have there. So whether it's seafood, whether it's, um, whether it's pork, whether it's chicken, whatever it is, they, they use simple ingredients. They make it taste phenomenal. And it's, you know, it's, it's usually cooked pretty, pretty simple. The technique's not difficult, but uh, they take, they take what they have and they make it taste great. And that's what I'm all about. When you are out there, are you in a like inside the wire, if you will, or are you pretty much free to roam? And, and what's culture like out there? Well, normally you can get out and go on excursions and 
kind of go to the towns and, you know, and, and stop at some jerk huts and things like that. And that's what we try to do. But during COVID, I mean, you, you were pretty much confined to, to the resort we stayed on. They didn't, you know, the J- Jamaican government did a really good job about kind of curtailing without totally closing tur- tourism. So we took a COVID test to get in. We had to take a COVID test to get back in the U.S. And so we, you know, we pretty much stayed on resort and we wore a mask when we were indoors and you got to kind of keep to yourself when you were outside and man, it all worked out. It was, it was no trouble at all, really traveling. Do you plan to go back sooner than later? Oh, I'm going back at the end of May. We're taking Michael <laughs> this time. <laughs> all right. Lucky guy. Maybe you can take me in a saddlebag or something. But if it all works out, me and Rochelle are going to spend a lot of time down there one of these days. All right. Well, I think there's some foreshadowing there that we might follow up on in a future segment. Malcolm Reed joining me here on the show, how to bbqright.com's website. Uh, a few segments back, Malcolm, we had kind of just touched right at the end of it almost that you were getting a rub into Walmart and once you start to roll back and, and look, man, that's a pretty major deal. A lot of folks that are getting into rub, that's a goal of theirs is to get into some type of a big retailer, whether it be a Sam's Club or a Costco or a Walmart as you have. What's the update on Walmart business right now? Um, so far, so good. I mean, it's it's selling pretty well there. I mean, I think Walmart's, they've had their worst year and their best year. I mean, the worst year being they can't keep stuff on shelves. So when you go in there, you know things are empty, but if if you know that that's kind of been a our hang up. They they don't they don't allow you to slip up in the supply chain, so you've got to be so compliant with Walmart standards, and that means like usually you know your orders are ninety eight percent there on time and right. So if you mess up, they give you one strike, and then two strikes you're out. So you never know how it's going to go. It's all kind of depending on the logistics of getting you know getting the products manufactured and then getting it to Walmart to one of their supply centers. Our distribution center. So it's a challenge. I mean, you know, anytime you're dealing with something that large a scale, I'm, I'm constantly learning. So you're in stores currently? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've, we've got I mean, every store in the United States, oh. I think. Wow. Was there talk? One, of, one product. Right. <laughs> so not, has there been it's talk? Like they've got a bunch of them. Has there yeah, been talk about one, adding yeah. anything at some point or is it still I'm, a wait and see I on hope this? So, one? you know, I think. I think with uh, you know uncertain times, I mean, they Walmart's one of those. I, I mean, I guess other large companies do it too. They have a couple times a year where they let uh, people pitch new products to to go to their stores, and you know, you kind of have to throw something at them and see if they like your presentation. It depends on how your other products are doing if they're in there. So, hopefully, my sales will be good enough when it comes time to to re up. How did you get into that? I forget the story, and then how do you? negotiate a deal do they just tell you what they're going to pay or is there some room um, for bargaining there i had so we've got a, a local um i guess you'd call it kind of a broker in mississippi that was doing some other grocery change and things like that that had picked up our products and he had a buddy that did that for walmart and so he told him he you know should take a look at our product and you know he'd come out and i kind of gave him the spiel and showed him some of our numbers and he said he'd like to go to, you know, go to Walmart and see because he had some other products in Walmart. So we kind of have a middleman. I don't get to do much negotiating. <laughs> they kind of tell me what to do. So, you know, I just got to, you rely on a, a broker or a middleman purse type person to, 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 that knows the ins and outs and how to work with them from the corporate level. One of the hot topics on the show over the past few weeks has been discussions about the amount of technology that are going on cookers these days. I've kind of checked myself into the get off my lawn guy to a certain respect in recent weeks. 
As someone who has evolved into the foremost authority in the barbecue and grilling world, that's you, not me, by the way. What's your take on an industry that seems to be racing to lead the charge in technology when for some of us, it all seems a bit unnecessary? Well, I think it's great for newcomers coming in. The people that that may not, you know, know how to or, or you know, want to learn how to go out, build a fire and control it and, you know, use an old fashioned stick burner or or any other pit where you really have to do fire management. It's something that that it's an entry level, you know, it's an entry level smoker into this type of cuisine that we all love. And I think it's great. I mean, I think the progression usually is people step up and they they go looking for a more authentic flavor eventually. But it's a great starting point. I mean, I see some of the electric grills, and I've seen the pellet grills come on strong. And so, um, you know, I talk to a lot of people and push newcomers to, to pellet grills often because it lets them, you know, turn out some decent food with minimal effort, which is great. Am I the old guy thinking that the way I got into this was better where you had to learn how to do it first? So my, my track was Weber Smoky Mountain uh, somehow, somehow. I ended up getting a close 42-inch offset off of some guy for free in a city that was like two cities down from He just wasn't going to use it. And I said, if I bring a trailer, can I have it? And he's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And then so I learned how to do a whole stick burner situation. And then uh, almost under protest, it was like a secret that I kept in the dark. The guy, uh, Mark Graham from Grilla, approached me when they had first started making them and asked if he could send me one. Didn't want any promotion. Just wanted me to use it and feed him back info once or twice a month as I was kind of keeping notes just to help them develop it a little bit better. And that was my first foray into pellet cookers. And I felt so dirty um, for a number of reasons. Uh, I, I was always against them and now I had one. And then I was keeping it a secret from everybody. And I was falling in love with pellet cookers at the same time. But to me, that seemed to be the best way because you had to learn the fire management. Uh, my devil's advocate at this stage of the game is you can start without knowing and never have to know. And I think you miss out on a, on a potential part of the romance of barbecue when you don't have to anymore. Oh, I definitely think, you know, learning how to build the fire and, and add the smoke to the meat, the old fashioned way is the way to go. That's the best barbecue there is. I mean, that's where the art is, um, you know, but there's something to be said for somebody to be able to, you know, flip a switch and set a temp and cook some good barbecue. I mean, I've, I don't know if it's a right or wrong way. I've, I've kind of like you. I came up the way you did, being in the competition side of thing. We, you know, we we always had big smokers, and that's how we learned to cook. And then pellet grills were something of a novelty that I thought was cool. That's why I wanted one. And then when I found out you could just set them and leave them and, and get some sleep or whatever, I was like, this is great, you know. So there's a place for them, man. There's a place for them. I don't knock anybody for trying to cook barbecue or wanting to get better at it, but. You know, I, I do kind of try to say, you know, you got to go out there and learn how to run a fire because that's when you're really a pit master, I think, when you can do it on different pits and you know how to control the airflow and control the temperature and know what it's going to do. That's when you're, you know, that, that's when you've really got some skills. All right. So let's go ahead and knock out some of these uh, Facebook questions that we got. By the way, Malcolm has a new community page over on Facebook. So if you uh, have not joined that yet, I mean, you were well over 3,000 members when I had made the original post yesterday are soliciting questions. First one's from Michael Underwood. It says, when is Heath Riles going to come do the cop chicken leg recipe video? Is that on the board? Well, I've got to get him on there. We've been teasing that for a while. And he's been, he's been telling me he's going to come show me how he does his competition recipe. So 
As soon as I can twist his arm enough to come over and show everybody how to do it, maybe that's what he's holding back on. He don't want to give away all of his secrets, but I'm going to get him to. I'm going to get him to give it out. Fair enough. Uh, Melvin Crosby Jr. asks, what will the hours be at his grand opening Saturday, and can you talk a little bit more about what will be happening? Yeah, well, we got those Dolly Parton hours, man, at 9 to 5. Saturday <laughs> and we're going to, we're pulling all the grills out. We have, we've got the outlaw stick burners. We've got some Traegers. We've got a gateway drums. We're going to have a Weber out there. We're just going to do some demo and man, cook some ribs. We're going to cook some pork loin, some chicken, several different ways. Um, ribeye steak demos. We've got a, we're doing some kind of prime rib. Something's on the schedule. We've, uh, we're getting out all our crawfish cooking our jambalaya pots. We're going to, we're going to cook up some crawfish and cook some jambalaya. So it's just gonna be a lot of fun. What's your, jambalaya recipe well it's it's not very complicated i learned it from a cajun guy <laughs> down in grand isle louisiana but you start out with some vegetables you know that old trinity the bell pepper the onion the celery and uh you start out with some chicken thighs is usually what i start with and get those browned up get you flavoring that oil and flavoring that pot then we throw in some sausage and then we uh add our rice and our chicken stock and we and we Bring it up to a bowl and let it cook about 20 minutes. And we take the lid off and we call it, we do what we call flip it, where you take a big paddle, you turn the jambalaya over in the pot. So the bottom rice comes up to the top and you put the lid back on it. Just let it sit there for about another 10, 15 minutes and it's ready to go. I mean, we season it with Cajun seasonings, all that good stuff, hot sauce, all that stuff. But it's not, it's not a really complicated dish. Is that a andouille sausage or do you use something else? Uh, I like to use andouille. Yeah, yep. for sure. I like a good chicken, chicken sausage uh, jambalaya. Sounds great. I'll try that. I think I can handle that. Uh, Brian is asking, I'd like to know if Malcolm would do something on the big green egg rotisserie so we could pick up any tips he might have. Do you have something like that? I don't have a rotisserie for my big green egg, so that's something I may need to check into getting, Greg. Brian, why don't you send a Malcolm idea. a rotisserie and then he'll use it on a video. <laughs> I mean, I think that's like that's a match right, made yeah. in heaven, no doubt. Uh, Scott <laughs> Zelinsky says... Hi, do you have any tips for maintaining a steady temperature on an offset smoker? Loaded question. Well, it's all about that airflow, man. You gotta you gotta have your exhaust and your intake running. You gotta have that fire burning clean. And usually, I start off with a good bed of coals and then switch to sticks. And that's what you know. It, if you've got it drafting right and you've got you don't have that smoker overloaded, it's going to flow through it, and you shouldn't have too much trouble. We, I like to control it all with the exhaust vent. In case Scott doesn't know, when you talk about starting out with a bed of coal, you actually mean charcoal that you're lighting up first, throwing that down, and then as that burns, you start throwing sticks on top of that. That's right. I usually start off with about a chimney full, get that going, get you a good hot bed of coals, and then your log, your sticks will do the rest of the work for you. This is just my opinion. I've cooked on a lot of stick burners in my time here, and I, I say on a stick burner, certainly you're looking to get and hold the temperature, but I do think you're also cooking on the swing. So if you add a stick, you're probably going to see a little bit of a temperature increase off of what your target might be. And as it starts to burn down, it might dip below what your target's going to be. So you're riding that uh, S curve, that horizontal S curve, whatever the hell that's called. So if you're looking to just dial into a specific temp, like you would get, even pellet grills are on a little bit of a swing. They're a little bit more consistent. Uh, I, I'm never too concerned if my offset swings 15 degrees or 20 degrees here and there not spike and stay up there but if it swings up and down i'm pretty good on the average i think that's definitely right and a lot of times i tell people just to put a piece of 
electric electrical tape over that dial so you're not watching it once you know how you got it lined in because those ups and downs aren't going to hurt you greg that's what's going to give you that flavor is that wood burns and it puts off smoke and you get those little spikes and stuff that's that's good for it um you know a, a big thing is the airflow so like, you might have to take that pit and turn it if you got a draft coming in from that end of it i've seen that help some stick burners where people are fighting it they don't realize it's just the wind pushing in it so a lot of times think about that you may have to build something to block some of it or shield it but you want to, you want decent airflow and you want to control it with that exhaust that's right know the environment uh phil lamson wants to know will you ever do a cookbook great question uh you know maybe one of these days <laughs> have you not been approached done, ever we have i have it just hasn't been the right time man they just you know i like i love cookbooks i collect them i have a lot of old cookbooks and i buy all my buddies or anybody that comes out with a new cookbook i usually buy it to half but it's just something to, you know, maybe one of these days I'll do a How to Barbecue Right cookbook or something with all the recipes I've done compiled in it or something. That, that would be like an encyclopedia kit. You've done a, a bunch of recipes at this point. <laughs> We've Aaron, got several. Aaron McGrady asks, if you could own one smoker only, which one would it be? Oh, man, that's my old hickory, man. I always say that. It's my CTO, man. It's a machine. I could make a dollar with it if I had to, Greg. Time's got bad. Yes, that's right. Uh, Mitchell Bedwell is asking if you have any new products on the roadmap. Um, you know, I guess the last one I've been working on is a white barbecue sauce. But it turns turns out it's kind of hard to find a manufacturer that'll work with mayo. So that's that's been the challenge. But I think I've I found one. I've got a sample sent out. So we're going to see if they can what their recipe turns out. If it's you know if they can make my recipe if it's close to the sample I sent. So we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully sometime this year. The first Tuesday of the month brings a visit from a prolific YouTuber in the live fire industry, and you know him as Malcolm Reed, also the pitmaster of Killer Hogs Barbecue. We'll see what the competition season brings this year, Malcolm, as we wait with crossed fingers. But I know this, in April, we're going to be right back here at the beginning of the month talking about what's transpired over the last four weeks, and as always, appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks, Greg. If anybody's out in Hernando, y'all come see us Saturday at the shop. That's right. Whitfield. That's right. Nine to five. Thanks, Malcolm. Nine to five. There he is. So get out there in Hernando and see what it's all about. I mean, he mentioned that they're going to be cooking. That should be motive enough. And then who knows what kind of deals could be swung between nine and five at the real open house. There was a soft open. Now grand opening. Here we go. Good luck and we'll get a report on that. I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. Some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. You have a couple different lines to choose from. The choice line and the prime line. Okay? So choice, you save some cash. You don't have the Wi-Fi technology. You don't have internal meat probes. It's the same size cooker, whether you're doing choice or prime line, but choice will save you a few bucks. So if you don't need it, save the money. Now, if you want to spend a little bit of it, fine. Prime is the one you want. A little bit more of a sturdier and robust chassis build. You have some neat features like two internal meat probes. You have Wi-Fi technology. You have app monitoring. You can control that cooker right through the app as long as you're connected either Bluetooth or to the cooker or I would suggest Wi-Fi that way if you're in the grocery store you can monitor and make adjustments as you see fit plus you got peek-in windows on the main cooking chamber on the pellet hopper 
Uh, Prime Plus also gives you lights inside the cooking chamber, but you pick which one's right for you. They're only sold through dealers, so go to GreenMountainGrills.com, locate a dealer that is near you, go check out the dealer, have them explain everything about it, they'll get you all learned up, and then you can take that bad boy home and be ready to rock right from the rip. They got pellets that you can use, sauces and rubs and other accessories. I humbly suggest that you grab the pizza oven insert if you're going to get the Jim Bowie or the Daniel Boone because you use that a lot as well. So you can have a high heat pizza oven, then you can go right back to a low and slow cooker if you want. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. And we are back with the keeper of the flame, Max Good, who was in the green room standing by. Stick around. We'll be right back. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And we thank Malcolm Reed for joining me last segment out of BBQRight.com's website. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com. Your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. You can visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com and buy from there if you wish. However you want to do it. Perfectly fine with me. As mentioned, my next guest tonight has a job that many of us wouldn't mind having ourselves testing and then reporting on new grills and cookers hitting the market. His sole purpose in this live fire life, and that's why he is called the Keeper of the Flame. We race to the hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Max Good. Hey, Max. Hey, Greg. Nice to see you again. Great to see you again and happy to have you on the show and Happy that you're making time for me. So we have... Always uh, a pleasure. Well, the pleasure is mine, of course. So we have some items to get to here this evening. And, uh, you know, the first place I wanted to start was at the beginning of the year, there was something called Spark Grill that was doing a lot of uh, social media promotion. They had a lot of snazzy-looking ads. Sparked, (laughs) pun intended, my interest so much so to reach out on my own. Ended up getting a interview with the CEO of the company and he had great things to say about it as a lot of folks do in those type of positions and then talked to me had a little bit about it but he did say hey you know Max has one he is putting it through the Max good paces and then ultimately culminating in a review that we'll talk about here in a second so what did you think about Spark Grill maybe as you saw it initially on some kind of ads and then what was your experience with it after you got it boxed at Max Goods Test Kitchen? Well, um, certainly their ad campaigns on the internet were impressive, and yes. uh, you know they had exploding graphics as sh- you know, showing the cross sections of the unit and all that. Um, I don't know if others uh, uh, look as as analytically at some of these things as I do. It's you know second nature to me at this point. Uh, but I immediately um, questioned the use of the proprietary uh, fuel. Um, that we have seen a couple things like that. Most notably, the Bradley smokers. Now yep. they've been around, and a lot of people like them. I'm not saying it can't be done. Um, unfortunately, as I looked into it further, that that was a that was an Achilles heel in the system. It can, it can be rectified. 
Uh, but even as of now, I doesn't appear to me that that's happened. As you get it together and you start using it, what are your thoughts on how it's operating? And I guess initially, did you have any, uh, I'm sure you try and remain as biased, uh, <laughs> unbiased Unbi- as possible, unbiased, unbiased, unbiased of no, course, yes. <laughs> uh, unbiased as possible as you're starting to make your way down this road. But I mean, did you have any personal expectations on how it might perform or, or things that you were thinking about? Well, I, I took it at, um, face value, if you will. Uh, I thought, okay, this will be great. Uh, you can go temperature range of 200 to 900 degrees. How can you not like that? Not, not that you can't do that with a regular Weber kettle. Right. Um, but, you know, to just dial it up, hey, I like the convenience. I love pellet smokers. You know, I love to just set it and walk away and say it's, it's done. But unfortunately, uh, this does not work like that, Greg. Uh, you have to have a different they call them bricks. They're like these rectangular uh, molded hunks of charcoal with uh, holes through them. And um, they give them temperature ranges. None of them that they sent me would go, were recommended to go below 450 degrees. Um, Now, you know, that's not uncommon in a gas grill, but then you just go to zone. Uh, but their two zone systems are kind of weird. You know, with gas grills, you do two zones by shutting off a couple burners and leaving a couple burners on. With this, the brick, which is your flaming fuel, is right in the middle. And there's a heat deflector over it. You can remove that heat deflector and you have two zones, but the zones are like, I'm looking at your frame here if my hands will work. Here's, here's your hot zone. And all the way around, is your indirect zone. Almost like a vortex to a degree. Yeah, now it works, but how are you going to do a turkey or a big hunk of meat on it? Like, you know, well, we're working on uh, low and slow bricks. Oh, that's nice, you know. Here's another thing. The other bricks, they they had, (laughs) it's just kind of wacky. I'm sorry. I don't mean to to be disrespectful to them. Um, They obviously are sincere about what they're doing. But uh, they have these, they call them quick bricks, and um, they have a more modest temperature range. Once again, not recommended below 450, uh, but they are only meant to last about a half hour. And then they have what they call everyday bricks that last 60 to 90 minutes. And uh, that that seemed to be pretty accurate. Um, Those are the things that they're selling. They did send me some they call high temperature bricks, but I pr- I got to admit I kind of said enough before I even did that because I was spending a lot of time with this thing. That's a and I can complain also about instruction. This is a very unusual device, and I think they could do a lot more with instruction. Speaking with their crew, they had a great deal of anecdotal. Uh, information about, well, you could try this, you could try that. I said, guys, I can't test this for two, three months. You know, you guys got to write this up. Yeah. Um, but, um, the, and then on top of it, there's, there's manufacturing ear, uh, problems. They warned me, well, we have had complaints that some of the bricks don't ignite mm. and, uh, but we've caught them all. Well, they didn't catch some of them that they sent me because I did have that experience. <laughs> And I can go, I'll, I'll just keep going on. You asked me, tell me when to shut up. 
the one of the ways they ignite is they're impregnated with an alcohol. I call it an accelerant. Some for some reason they didn't like that term. They like to call it a plant-based alcohol solution or something of that nature. But the intention is that that's what ignites the the brick, the charcoal brick. Um, now, when they work, and most of the times they did, you, you know, you get up and running. There's two fans that run. They fan the flames. <laughs> this is in, interesting. One fan comes from under the brick. That means that's to stoke the fire. Yep. Then there's another fan that runs across the cooking grate that's supposed to cool it down. So, you know, this sophisticated technology. Um, uh, but um, the, the when, when, if you when you run out, you're kind of. I found myself racing against time. I said, "Well, can I just throw another brick in there if I see it dying?" Well, you don't want to do that. The alcohol has a can impart a bad or off flavor and aroma to food. So we don't recommend mm. you do that uh, unless you take the food off. Oh dear! And then fire the thing up and let it get going for about ten minutes. Um, which you know you could say, well, ooh, you have to do that with uh, sometimes with the charcoal grill. Well, yeah, but most charcoal grills have kind of easy access, and you know if you throw a couple bricks briquettes onto a fire and just goose it up, you usually don't care. You, you could say, well, you really should let them ash over, and that's true. But you know when you're just cooking away and whooping it up, you most I don't care too much usually. Also, it seems uh, like well, you're the biggest difference would be you're throwing in two, three, four, five briquettes. You have to put in a whole new brick to keep the spark going. Yeah, and they say, well, you can throw a few briquettes on it. Well, tell me more about that. Well, it's not going to work very well. Well, then why are you telling me I can do it? Well, you know, in a pinch you could do it. I said, that's if you guys are going to recommend that to people, once again, instruction. You can say, in emergency use, do this. Uh, some of our pitmaster club members. Did I mention our pitmaster club, Greg? What's All that? Your listeners. Why that's our membership-based club. Amazingribs.com is free to everyone. But for those who are listening right now, I bet uh, our real, true barbecue aficionados, and they would benefit and love our pitmaster club. And you can get... Go to amazingribs.com, click click on uh, information about the club, 30-day free trial, nothing to lose. Nothing. Anyways, um, um, the, the, it's, it's, it was, it's just been a kind of was a frustrating experience with it. When it worked, it worked okay, I, I, you know, but, and, and I, I did, I did, I tried it at lower temperature ranges, you know, and it actually would go down to lower temperatures before the dang bricks started dying out. And I said, hey, guys, I got great news for you. You can get these things. Well, we know that, but uh, we don't want to recommend it because sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it doesn't work. And they're going, well, you know, we've had some. I Again, I feel like I'm slamming the guys. They're, they seem like wonderful people. I'm sure they're trying to do a good job. But I ultimately sure. had to say I can't recommend this until they resolve their issues with the bricks. I can't even, the, the unit seems like it works pretty good, but I can't even attest to that because the bricks were just strange. And, and, and then in tandem with that, more instruction since they have such an unusual device. So if they can get that worked out, they 
would reapproach you and say, hey, can you uh, give it another shot? Or they, they told me to keep it, and I said I would. And I, I said, if you can, yes, if you can address those two things, I will revisit it and um, give it a second shot. Uh, so let's see what they come up with. They st- here, and then on top of it, Greg, on top of it, Greg. We're not done digging dirt on the... You can only get their bricks from them yes. online, right? right. Six week, six week wait. Yes, yes, I believe. <laughs> and they uh, cost like five, six bucks a piece. Too. Yes, my embedded correspondent uh, Doug Shiding was talking the same thing that if you wanted it, uh, you got to be on top of the game to even get some of this fuel given the wait time. So it's a not recommended. You can read the full review, obviously, over at amazingribs.com. Uh, a couple other items that I wanted to hit on here before we run out of time the PK Go review. And the so everybody knows PK Grill, but there is a different, smaller version in the mix here that you've played around. Now that is that is very nice. That's a very nice unit. Um, it's it, it's kind of like their larger PK three hundred and sixty. Um, has the signature design of the PK, the the old one from nineteen fifty two, rectangular shape. It has a. Uh, corresponding lower intake vents um, on the bottom, on the left and right side, corresponding to the exhaust vents on the top of the lid. Um, I, the Just like the PK3, oh, look at that. That thing, you know, once again, with charcoal, you can get hot. Yeah. Um, you can see that in that picture, there's clamps on the side for the portability. Now, they do not recommend you lift it by that handle. It's... I can't recall the exact weight, but it's, eh, I'm not saying a one person can't lift it, but they recommend you, you know, hold it from the sides. There's actually handles on the sides. Uh, but um, you can really, even this little guy, you can set it up for two zone cooking. So you can, uh, you know, have, have once again, the indirect zone on the one side and the hot direct zone on the other, move things around, uh, you know, cook chicken at a low, lower temperature to roast it and then, you know, crisp up the skin on the hot side. Um, it has a, the, the lid is really cool. They did this with the 360 as well. There are no uh, fasteners on it. Uh, the hinge, it's, it's almost like a tongue and groove type thing. So you can actually lift the lid up and just lift it off. And with, with the PK Go, <laughs> You can flip it over and turn it into two hibachis if you're just doing high temperature grilling. So that's pretty neat. You know, you like a snap of your fingers, you double your your capacity if you're out and about, tailgating, camping, whatever. And uh, if you do want to do chicken and something you want to do with a lid, you got that too. Uh, Very well made, as I expect from PK. Not cheap, but it's, you know... Uh, you get what you paid for with them. Max, last one, and we got a couple minutes left, is the Char Griller Flavor Pro review. Uh, I hear Char Griller, and I start to shake a little bit. So what can you tell us about this cooker? Well, you know, you and I have talked about Char Griller and Master Built uh, in recent times. Yep. Um, Master Built, of course, is has gone through tremendous changes and uh, a lot of good things, a lot of really great things. Um, are happening with them. Char griller. Yeah, they're, I think they're, they're trying to do some new things. They actually have a new one that's coming out. 
that I'll mention if we have time in a minute. But but their um, their Flavor Pro intrigued me because it's really it's like a five hundred dollar version of a seventeen thousand dollar Kalamazoo grill in that it has what Kalamazoo calls their hybrid fire drawer. It's a drawer that uh, slides out and you can put wood or charcoal in it. Now with Kalamazoo, it works beautifully, but with this one, it just did not. Um, I couldn't get a control over the, over the wood. I mean, you could control the charcoal to some degree, but you don't get a smoke flavor from it. As a gas grill, it works okay, but not as good as their two hundred dollar um, uh, Grill and Pro gas grill, which I really love. For two hundred bucks, you can't get anything quite like it. Mm. This is about five hundred bucks. It has a lot of problems. Uh, it has adjustable damper chimneys, which gave me a gr great deal of hope because when you're when you're trying to, you know, with a gas grill, you can get a smoke box, a smoke tube. Yep. Uh, but they're so well ventilated. Uh, those, whatever you put in those tubes, usually chips, they burn up in minutes and all the smoke goes flying out the back vent. With this, I thought, well, they have a very thin vent running along the back. You have the damper chimneys. Um, once, when I first started some wood up in it, I thought, oh, well, this is great. I can see that the smoke is being contained in there. And I got the chimneys just a little bit, you know, just to get the airflow going. Then boom, the wood just exploded in flames. Oh. Temperature shot up. There was no smoke left. You know, when wood's burning hot, there's no smoke. And I tried and tried to get control of it. And they had videos of guys going, oh, look at all this great smoke. And I'm going, well, how did they pre-burn it? Oh, no, they didn't pre-burn I'm well, what am I doing wrong? You know, and it, ha it had other problems too. So I ended up saying, get their, get their grilling pro for 200 bucks and do yourself a favor and just get an inexpensive gas smoker if you want to do both those things. Easy enough. You can read Max's reviews over at amazingribs.com. We've talked about the Char Griller Flavor Pro, which uh, did you, do you recommend that? Like, what's the rating uh, there? Or I like, mean, no. Yeah. If if you really I I wouldn't I wouldn't say that if you really futzed around with it you wouldn't get results from it. it's not a bad gas grill uh, you could probably have some fun goofing around with charcoal and and wood on it but um, certainly if you're just doing something like fish or something you know you could get some small chips and and stuff going but it, it certainly I I can't see doing ribs or anything well you're. <laughs> <laughs> effectively on it at any rate. Uh, then um, there was the PK Go review, which you seem to love and appreciate, so that's probably yes, highly recommended. Yes. And then, of course, yes. the length of the conversation here this evening was the Spark Grill review, which we're kind of just putting a bow on at this point, and uh, that bow is uh, not a recommendation at this point, but they have opportunity to come back at you if they can get their fuel right, uh, amongst some other things. Mm -hmm. So uh, anything coming yeah. up in the review hopper that you can tease us with, Max, before we let you go? Oh, well, you know all the new Weber stuff uh, that's coming out. I know you've been talking about it a bit. Yeah. Um, I have their new uh, portable, which is very much like the Napoleon um, travel queue with the scissor stand, which is really neat. I haven't had a chance to do too much with that for because of the horrible weather we've had. 
Plus, as you know, we're in the middle of a big project with amazing ribs that's been consuming my time, but hopefully I'll get back to that. Um, I did cook on it once and uh, it seemed like it had some power. I'll give it that. Uh, and of course, being Weber, it is well-made. They, they generally make some pretty good stuff. But then the new Genesis and Spirit uh, Smart Grills are coming out. I am very excited about them. I, I, I definitely think Genesis and Spirit grills are very good. Uh, and this added layer of technology, um, I look forward to, to checking out. All right. Well, we'll keep tabs on that so we can get your reviews on that in its finality. And in the meantime, you can keep up with Max over at AmazingRibs.com. Yes, Max, yes. always appreciate the time, and thank you for coming out tonight. Well, thank you for having me. Hope to see you again soon. You got it. There he is, Max Good, right there. Again, the website, of course, AmazingRibs.com. Meathead will be up next week as well. So AmazingRibs.com twice in as many weeks. So I guess not a surprise, not a huge surprise, that the spark was de-sparked. But they do have opportunity to come back. So that's always good. I'll talk to you quickly about Primo Cookers. That's right. PrimoGrill.com is the website. PrimoGrill, singular, .com. What are the key differences here as we look at a Primo versus some of the other round cookers? Of course, the shape, as I kind of led into, oval shape. It's patented. patented. Oval design offers true two-zone cooking, as I've been telling you about week in and week out. More than 60 cooking configurations are available. It's quality products. This unit is made right here in the States. Precision controlled manufacturing. And did you know they have the highest quality of ceramics in this Primo cooker? That's right. They also have new products updating you for 2021, arriving in showrooms this spring. A new easy lift hinge reduces force to lift the grill by 70%. A reduction by force reducing uh, can I say this right new easy lift hinge reduces force to lift the grill head by 70 precision control top and bottom air controlling allowing you to operate that much more easy and accurately and upgrade kits are available you can upgrade your existing Primo with all of these great features as well visit your local dealer to see product improvements for yourself go to primogrill.com find a dealer near you once again, that's primogrill.com, Primo Ceramic Grill on Instagram, and Primo Ceramic Grills on Facebook. Quickly to wrap the first hour, and then we'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. I'm going to try and get it here. This portion brought to you by Fireboard 2. Monitored up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or via Bluetooth. If you have smart speakers in the house, fully integrated with those as well. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. That's 816-945-2232. That's Fireboard 2. Fireboard 2 Drive and Fireboard 2 Pro. Those high heaters, get the Fireboard 2 Pro and give me your review of those thermocouples and the high temp wires and all that stuff. Come on. 
All right, we are pointing to the second hour. Refresh libations and get ready to tell all your friends that the show is on. We have Sam the Cooking Guy coming up in the second hour as well. We thank Max Good from AmazingRibs.com for joining me last segment, breaking down some new grills that he's tested out. And we will see you here in just a few short seconds. Stick around. We'll be right back.